Good evening. You know that dreaded question, that dreaded question from your small child when they ask you where babies come from. I will share one wise woman's way in dealing with that question from her six-year-old tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. I am Maureen McGrath. I am the hostess of this sex show, and uh, it's my pleasure to be here with you this evening. As always, I come to you live every Sunday night between 8 and 9 p.m. The show is an hour long, so if you want to call me, call me before the show is over. The number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can always tweet me at back the number two, the bedroom. Or you can email me, sextalk at cknw.com, if you have any questions. And you might have some questions about some of the subjects that I am discussing tonight. I wanted to start out with that story about the six-year-old because maybe this is the first time you've ever heard me talking about sex or just heard me in general. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but oftentimes parents will approach me and they'll be so shocked that their young child is interested in sex and or they they're so afraid to have the conversation or to start the dialogue and and often the parents don't start the dialogue it's the child so when one small delightful little six-year-old boy asked his mother last week uh, where babies come from her husband was out of town which made things that much worse for her she was shocked and nervous and didn't know what to do but she called on her maternal instincts and I think it was a great response She's stuck with the science. I love that. I have a research background myself. So she answered her son, where do babies come from, in a very matter-of-fact, age-appropriate, using scientific and clinical words. And she said, well, the father has sperm and the mother has eggs. And do you remember when you were at Johnny's house a couple of weeks ago and you were laughing because the rabbits were having fun with each other? playing around, enjoying themselves. And he said, yes. And she said, well, that's what mummies and daddies do. And she used the appropriate words, penis and vagina. And guess what he did? He threw the sheets over his head and said, that's enough. And yuck. And said, good night. And was fine with it and was done. And that's generally how children will respond. They will take what they need to absorb And leave the rest. And so kudos to this mom and uh, let the sex talk begin. That said, listener discretion is advised. Do put your children to bed unless it is appropriate for them to listen to parts of the show. And I will tell you what is going to be coming up on the program tonight. We're going to be talking about men's sexual health. You know, I was really surprised recently, actually a friend of mine, is out on the dating scene now, and he's been having some problems with erectile dysfunction. (laughs) Want me to fix you up with him? Anyway, (laughs) doesn't sound too appealing. (laughs) Just kidding. But um, anyhow, so he said to me that his doctor had suggested he order Viagra online. I couldn't believe it. So tonight I'm going to talk about whether men's sexual health supplements are safe for use or not. And this comes from the Journal of Sexual Medicine. So it's important information.
because people are so willing to pop anything into their mouths without understanding or knowing whether this has been tested, whether it's regulated. It's unreliable dosing quite often. So we're going to go through some of the common ones, ginseng and horny goat weed, and and see if they really will help you. Also, bisexuality is on the rise. Unlike some other things in British Columbia, as you know, according to a Global News Ipsos Reid study survey, British Columbia is the least sexually satisfied province in the country. But bisexuality is on the rise. Also, uh, BC leads the way in sexual health once again. So we are trying. We have a chair at the University of Victoria in transgendered studies, which I'm very happy about because this is vital for transgender people, who, where it's, and it actually is one in 200. But that depends on how it's reported. Um, uh, the U.S. Census Bureau did a survey and asked people who had changed. They looked at people who had changed their names. They looked at people who changed the names on their passport. They looked at people who had had gender reassignment surgery, and they included everybody. So it just depends, which is great. I love to include everybody anyway. But the reason it's important that you, Vic, has been awarded some funding for a chair uh, is so that research can uh, carry on. We can fund some research so that appropriate care, because transgendered people are at higher risk of contracting sexually transmitted infections. They are at higher risk for attempting to die by suicide, and they are at higher risk for many medical conditions, also discrimination by family. They have difficulty with access to uh, job placement. They have difficulty with access to health care. So I'm, I'm very happy to see this uh, because we really, just like women, we need more research uh, for women so we can deliver uh, exemplary care for women, for everybody. So that's why research is so important. I'm going to get a little bit, um, it's the designer in me. <laughs> We're going to talk about pubic hair designs a little bit later on in the program. Something that's really important to me is orgasms because I feel it is vital for women to have an orgasm, to experience an orgasm during intimacy, during intercourse, during sexual relations. I think it's a 99.9% thing we need to go after. Every now and again, you're a bit tired. You might want to fake it. No problem. Fine. That's like once a decade. Otherwise, it's important. I believe it's related to low sexual desire in women. Because if they haven't had sexual satisfaction, they're not going to want to come back. Not going to want to come again. So this is important. To that end, I have invited Sharon. She is a transcendental tantra goddess. I love that title. Why didn't I think of that title for me? (laughs) Because I am not a transcendental tantra goddess. Tantra goddess, that's why. Um, So I'm going to talk to her a little bit later in the program as well, about 8.45 tonight. So I hope you do hang with me. But first and foremost, relationship navigator Nicole Haley joins me in the studio to talk about online dating. She's a, she helps to navigate relationships. We're going to talk about your profile, what your profile picture should look like, what your profile needs to say for you to attract the people you want to date. What should you avoid saying? How should you choose that accurate and perfect photo that's going to perhaps bring them all in and should men be the only one sending the first message i think not but i look forward to talking to nicole about that and how to tell if someone is looking only for a hookup how to tell if they're married how to go from online to offline 
and creating that chemistry on the first meet or the first date. I happened to write a blog about that. I believe it's going to be coming out tomorrow. It's a smoking hot blog, and that's what I called it, how to be smoking hot, because some people are clueless. They just ha- don't think about things. Anyway, uh, Mike, it's uh, great to have you uh, here. Mike is oh, my uh, tech great producer. To be here. Well, thanks so much. Thanks great. for helping me out with the music tonight, Anytime. which I look forward to. Great Anytime. to see you at the party the other night. Oh, that's good fun. That was fun. Was of course, fun. I spent the entire day in bed, which is where most experts spend their days. Uh, no, I, I was actually sick, but never to miss a party. So I went with fever and chills, but nonetheless had a hot time. So uh, we're going to be taking some calls tonight, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Email me, sextalk at cknw.com, or you can tweet me any questions at back the number to the bedroom. Well, when I return, I look forward to speaking to Nicole Haley, the relationship navigator, because we seem to be having problems here in British Columbia. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. Thank you for your staying power. I like staying power. Well, you go online, you're looking for that right him or her or they, whomever you're looking for. You pick out a picture that your mother said was fantastic. You write up a profile that has a bunch of lies in it, and you wonder why you can't meet anybody. Well, I'm so honored to have in the studio with me Nicole Haley. She's a relationship navigator, and she knows how to do it. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you Nicole. very much. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. That's great. Well, I I uh, look forward to this. is such a difficult path to navigate for so many people, and yet it's so common where yes. everybody's online, and yes. we have so many different options. So, yes. And I think what happens is we go on and we get frustrated and overwhelmed by it. And the reason is, is we go with high expectations. And I think what happens when we go online, we're thinking we're going to meet the one our soulmate, and it's just going to happen like that. And we're disappointed, and so then we're like, off. Or we go back on and we're frustrated again. So the key is when you're going online, you really want to go with an open attitude, an idea that, hey, I'm going to go and meet some potential new people that I can practice with. Practice is good. Yeah, that I can kind of see how to engage, how to talk, how to start those conversations flowing, rather than going in expecting the person you meet that first time is the one or the next partner you're going to be with for a long time. And what do you recommend for the profile picture? Your profile definitely wants to have your eyes looking at the camera, a really big smile. Uh, men, no body shirts that are, or bodies without shirts, none of that. No chest hair. Yeah, no, no. not so hot. <laughs> or women with too much cleavage. You want to really create this image of what you're looking for in how you show up as well. Exactly. So how much cleavage is too much cleavage? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. <laughs> Feminine, but not uh, seductive. Okay. Oh, not seductive. We don't want a seductive-looking profile picture. Depends what kind of guy or what relationship you're looking for may okay. work. Yes, okay. Definitely. And and people are online looking for uh, same-sex relationships as well. So everything. May, you betcha. Uh, men, women, and they. Uh, okay. So how about the the profile description? You know, yeah. describing. I, I. So many people have asked me to read their profile description, and I'll say, "Well, this isn't you." They're like, yeah, I know, it's my cousin. You know, I kind of took some tips from it. I'm like, well, why are you lying? Why aren't you saying you have children? Why aren't you, why are you yeah. saying you're five years younger? And so should we tell the truth on our profile description? If you're not telling the truth, then you're going to have to tell the truth at some point, which may even be more awkward. 
Exactly. It's better to do it up front and exactly. claim it. At the end of the day, you really want someone to see who you are. So how you word yourself and how you portray yourself really creates that image. And people are going to pick up on it as soon as they sit down in front of you and they'll be like, oh, oh. And then now you have to fake it even in person now, not just online. Right. Uh, I, we, I went to The Big Short last night, great movie, yeah. and there was a line in that, the doctor in that said, I don't know if you've seen the movie or not, no. but he said he went online dating, he went on Match.com, and he wrote, I'm, I'm a doctor with $100,000 in student loans, I like to spend most of my time by myself, I don't smile, I don't wear shoes, you know, he described himself, and the, well, the very first person, it is just a movie, but sure. she said, you're exactly the kind of guy I wanted to meet, yes. honest Yes. You know, you're honest. So Exactly. And so when you start writing your profile, you really want to write it in a way that that person can see themselves in your life. And so if you were to say, I'm adventurous, I love yoga, walking on the seawall, well, we all would say that. Any woman I know would say that. But if you and I wrote that, we both have different versions of what adventure is or what our yoga style is or what we like to do. The more you can get creative in how you write it really will then attract the right person. I would write, I hate yoga. But anyway, <laughs> okay, but that, but I digress. This is not about me. This is about all of you. Um, so the other, um, the other thing is, how do we know that, and, and what's wrong with this either? <laughs> I am a sex expert, but um, how do we know if all they want online is sex? And, yeah. and is that a problem? And uh, I saw something today which just drives me crazy because I really don't like any words that are used to degrade women's sexuality. Mm -hmm. So I, I saw an article that said about tattoos and that um, it was called the tramp stamp. And I don't mm. really want to start something new. And I was disgusted by it because somebody had uh, made reference to somebody who had a tattoo and they said, oh, that's the tramp stamp and women with tattoos are are more sexually um, promiscuous, I don't even right. like that word, uh, because we have not social, I believe we have not socialized women about their own sexuality, sure. about pleasure. Uh, we've, we've done a very poor job on that. It's uh, viewed as a life, uh, as a commodity and a way to advance in life for many girls and women. So um, what is wrong? Like, I, I don't even like to ask the question, mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people don't want sex on the first date or don't mm -hmm. want someone who just wants sex people as you say they want to find their soulmate so how for those people yeah. who don't want somebody who wants sex on the first date right uh and and it seems to be a lot of women and yet some men as well i had a man yeah. on a few weeks ago he wrote he'd, he'd written a book called um the the my last first date the book was called next my last first date mm -hmm. and he didn't want women who wanted sex yet the irony was his wife left him because uh, he he and his wife split up because she didn't want to have sex with him. So, mm. I mean, figure this out for me, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you need to go with the understanding that that's a natural desire that we all want to have some sexual interaction, but it's what you're leading with. And so I think as women, we can get so easily offended as opposed to realizing that most men are going to maybe be attracted to you and want that, but doesn't mean you have to provide that on that first date. So when you're looking online... Um, it's key to read how they're writing their profile. Do they have photos where you can actually see their face? Is it clear? Or are they blurry photos? Are they willing to meet with you within a week or so? Um, because otherwise you're either building a facade relationship or a, um, a fake one where it's just all online, make pen pals. Right. Or that you're creating this thing that that's all they want is to be 
is to meet you for that. So you kind of want to le- read through their profile. So men, if you're writing your profile, you want to be clear on um, the kind of guy you are and that not every woman's going to want that right away. And and not every man is either. But yet the other thing is when we look at uh, uh, somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. for whomever somebody is looking for, we are thinking, even women are thinking, I am attracted to yes. him. I am not attracted to yes. him. It's about physical attraction, yes. and that's okay yeah. to have that physical attraction. You, absolutely. And here's what happens, too, is if you don't have that, I hear a lot of times, well, how do you get chemistry on that first date? How do you know if there's chemistry? So you either have people that want to jump your bones right away, or you don't I think that's know. a good sign when you want to jump their bones right away. Yes. I think that's chemistry. Or, <laughs> yeah, and I also think it's an option where you need to be open to it. So at least be curious. You may not want to jump their bones in that moment but you're curious to at least want to kiss them maybe explore that that is mm-hmm. at least an open door because mm-hmm. if there's nothing then you're right it's really hard to build something when there's not even a spark oh absolutely you have to have that uh, chemistry for love and lust yes. probably the more important uh, especially in long-term relationships. Now, you have an event coming up next I week, do. so tell me about that. Yes, I have two workshops, one for women and one for men. Um, on the Sunday, the 24th, is for the women, and the following Sunday for men, all about how to write an online profile with success. So how to have your photos that are great, how to actually write your profile. You'll come in and write it with us. Um, you'll leave with a professional photo, so it'll really capture it. And then I'll give you tips on how to navigate this online dating for each of the opposite sex. So you really can be successful at this and not feel that overwhelm and frustration. Okay, and what time is the uh, The event is from 1 till 5 at the Beaumont Studio and you can check it out on my website at nicole-haley.com or check me out on Facebook. Um, It's a great way to get in, know what to write, and then have some success with knowing what to do next. That's excellent. Uh, So, what is... um one of do you have any of the best success stories um, that you've where you've helped yeah. navigate somebody's love just life? recently I had a client and her profile was very basic like I was saying very general statement she's quite adventurous outdoorsy and was looking for someone to meet but when she wrote that she was getting tons of men that she was interested in so we tweaked her profile to really to claim who she was and what she was looking for she's really adventurous she's the kind of girl that would be out in the backpack woods hiking um variety of things but the more we got clear on how she wrote her profile now she's got men that would actually be suitable to her as opposed to we know just men right exactly that's where it gets overwhelming when you're not getting clear on the kind of men you're getting Right. And you're just getting a whole bunch in your inbox. And, and are people looking for a particular man? Are they like, I want someone in a suit. I want somebody who can build a good house. I want somebody who, sure. um, uh, you know, a particular. Gonna yeah, everyone's going to have certain qualities they're looking for. But I really think at the essence, it's what you want to feel when you're with somebody. For men as well, so what do you want to feel when you're next to your woman? What do you want to feel when on a daily basis being with her? Because all these qualities are great, and you can check someone off, and they can be great on paper. But when you're with them, A, there's no chemistry, or B, you're just not really clicking because there's no feelings. Exactly, and nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings. So how do you reject somebody, shall we say? And I mean, no one likes rejection, and no one likes to inflict pain on somebody else or heartbreak. So the biggest thing is not to ghost. Have you heard that term, ghosting? Oh, yes. So to avoid the ghosting where you just go and what, what Ghosting is, for those who have not heard of the term ghosting, it's never to be heard from again. Yeah. Online. We, we, that has been around. Ghosting's been around sure, forever. But I it's mean, really common in texting now. 
It is. So all of a sudden you're starting these conversations or you met and then all of a sudden you don't hear from them. That's right. And you're like, what the heck? Exactly. So I think it's really clear to be able to have a conversation either on the phone or even if it's through text, something along, I had a great time. Thanks very much. I just don't feel we're a connection or alignment. I wish the best of luck. Which is very gracious if people would do that. But, you know, since I think since people have been getting together, nobody likes to, whether it be in person or even on a text or anything. But I would rather know the truth than be led along. We and I all think would. The majority of oh, everybody yeah. would. But then it's still that heartbreak. It's still yes. really difficult. But if you can do it, we recommend doing that. Absolutely, Nicole. It's been great having you again. Your website? Yeah, it's nicole-haley.com. There's the event page. It's got all the details there. And what's the name of the event? It's uh, how to be successful with online dating. Fantastic. That is wonderful. Okay, so guys, um, you're gonna in addition to being successful, you might need some help with your sexual health. You know what I'm saying? Things rising up there for you. You might have a little problem. So I'm going to review some of the treatments that will work for you when I return. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Next up is the news. (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you for staying with me. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm the hostess of the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980. Vancouver. Um, I wanted to talk to you about men's sexual health and the use of supplements and whether they are safe or not. So many people I know that I see in my clinical practice that are friends, that are people at events. (laughs) If they're not taking them, they're trying to sell them to me. I don't have any sexual health problems. Anyway, If I did, I'd know how to deal with them. But it's not about me, as I say. So these over-the-counter dietary supplements and therapies are sold all over the world and online with the intent to improve male sexual health. Around 40 to 70% of men experience sexual dysfunction at some time. It can be premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, Peyronie's disease, arousal disorders, orgasmic problems with experiencing an orgasm, many, many different issues as well. Uh, Often, to avoid paying for prescription drugs or uh, due to the embarrassment of discussing these private matters with their physician, many turn to over-the-counter medications. It's interesting, uh, most of the sexual health clinicians in this city are female. And uh, there's a group in Toronto where they've set up a men's sexual health clinic and everybody from the medical office assistant to the nurses to the physician to the technicians, they're all men because that demographic in that area for some reason prefers to be seen for their sexual health dysfunction by men. We in British Columbia, (laughs) you, I should say, you men, prefer women, it seems, or have no problem with coming to see women for your sexual health problems. But so you should come and see us. That's the, <laughs> that's my point. I'm in clinical practice. I work in North Vancouver and I also work in Vancouver. So, uh, you know, it's me or some of the other uh, clinicians here. Most of them are women. Or you should speak to your doctor, your GP about this. A lot of men tell me they're embarrassed, they belong to the same golf club as their doctor, or they live in the same neighborhood, or they run into them at the grocery store. Anyway, it's, it, I'd like to get this so that it's not an embarrassing subject. And so things like using dietary supplements that you don't know what is in them will be reduced. 
In the U.S., from 1999 to 2007, the sales of dietary supplements doubled. I can imagine they have tripled from 2007 to now. And so many people use them. There's a dazzling array of products from horny goat weed, which is one of my favorites, to ginseng. These are really expensive medications as well. Pharmaceutical medications, which are clinically tested, I'm not being a promoting for pharmaceutical companies, but I, I am saying they have to go through rigorous testing. They have to be approved by Health Canada. They are regulated. That means you know exactly the dose that is in there. You know the quality of the product. It was made in Canada. Uh, so that is much safer to take because there is a lack of regulation on things that are natural. So there's a lack of regulation on the dosage, on the purity of the ingredients and the limited information that is required to put on these bottles of these uh, supplements that you might think would be good for your erectile dysfunction. And these, this is all confusing for patients and medical practitioners too. We might be confused in a different way. Some of the patients are like, well, it's natural. I'm like, well, you can actually just say natural. You don't have to meet any criteria to use that word. So natural can be a very dangerous word. Well, the researchers from Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, reviewed the scientific evidence for the effectiveness and the safety of the most common ingredients in the top-selling men's health products. For the sole purpose of providing information to practitioners like myself or urologists, your um, med- general practitioners, family doctors, men's sexual health doctors, because, you know, it's really important that you tell your doctor what supplements you are taking. And if you're embarrassed to tell your doctor that you're taking horny goat weed, don't be. Isn't that a great name? I just love things that have great names. But anyway, just go in and tell them I'm on horny goat weed. Um, because you might need an antihypertensive and there may be an interaction between those two medications. An antihypertensive is for high blood pressure. So there was no scientific evidence to support many of the claims that many of these products would have a positive impact on erectile function, sexual desire, sexual performance, and a lot of them were likely to be unsafe. Some of the products that were advertised, and this was the thing, my friend who told me, and I don't usually like to talk about my friends, I would rather talk about the patients, (laughs) but it was such a good story, (laughs) he's coming back. Uh, in about a week or two. (laughs) And so I let him stay at my house and he gives me stories. Anyway, (laughs) I wonder if he's listening tonight. No, so this was by totally accidental. He told me that he got this online Viagra and I'm like, well, there is no online Viagra. It's not the real McCoy. It's not the real stuff. And then he was telling me when he took it, he would get a headache and he would get nasal congestion. He would get facial flushing. And I'm like, Wow, that's so strange. And then he said, well, my doctor told me to get it online. I'm try- and I'm getting confused, as any healthcare practitioner would. So I was happy to see this research, this work done by Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center because it actually has clarified things. Because some of the products that were advertised as natural, I don't like the word natural. Anyway, natural, they contained traces of PDE5 inhibitors, which is the active ingredient in Viagra. So it, it, it is actually a classification of um, uh, medications. The, they are PDE5 inhibitors, those, the Viagra, the Cialis, Levitra. So there were traces of 
phosphodiesterase-5 inhibitors, the active ingredient. Um, so it will contain some Viagra. Now, that's dangerous because you may be on, my friend was not, you, uh, you may be on an antihypertensive. So that's to lower your blood pressure. PD-5 inhibitors are vasodilators. They, to increase blood flow, they're going to lower your blood pressure. So that's how it works. And so your blood pressure might become dangerously low if you use one of these medications that is sold over the counter to treat erectile dysfunction. So you need to have a physician's supervision. That's why I don't recommend taking these. So especially for patients who have advanced heart disease or take nitrates for chest pain or angina, such as nitroglycerin, they should not use these PD-5 inhibitors because of that unsafe blood pressure, unsafe drop in blood pressure. And what happens when our blood pressure drops? You faint. You get lightheaded. You might faint. Some people vomit. Uh, so it can be extremely dangerous. So here are some of the pros and cons of some of the other popular ingredients. DHEA is a hormone. We've probably heard a lot about that lately. It's naturally made by the body and produced in laboratories. And it's found in chemicals like, uh, there's chemicals of this sort found in wild yam and soy. There are some findings that suggest a benefit and it is likely relatively safe. So DHEA is likely relatively safe. Fenugreek is featured in one in three top-selling men's health supplements. This may improve sexual arousal and orgasm. It may impact muscle strength, energy, and well-being. And there was no evidence of adverse effects. So fenugreek looks like it might be okay. Ginkgo biloba is taken for, is taken for a number of conditions, but data does not support the use in erectile dysfunction. It can cause headache. Now, my friend's product that he was taking may have contained a little ginkgo biloba. I don't know. He didn't show me the bottle. I'll ask him to bring it back up. I hope he can get it through the border. Anyway, um, it can cause headache. So that might have had, it may have, ha- may have had the PD-5 inhibitor in it. It may have had um, the, some of the ginkgo biloba in it. Ginseng is the most common ingredient in top-selling men's health supplements. It can cause headache, upset upset stomach, constipation, rash, and insomnia, and it may lower blood sugar. So for people who have diabetes, not a good idea to take ginseng. Horny goat weed, my favorite, just because of the name, is generally safe with rare reports of toxicity leading to fast heart rate and hypomania. It has no benefit for sexual function, okay? My favorite named product does not benefit sexual function, and it may make you a little racy and a little too high energy, high energy that's not normal or appropriate. L-arginine is the top amino acid in men's health substances, and that's featured in one out of the three bestsellers as well. It may have some impact on erectile function in some patients, and it is relatively safe. There, You can have a uh, drop in blood pressure, but it will not significantly change your heart rate, and that is important. Me- mecca is the most common vegetable. Maca, sorry, my accent is uh, has trouble with these words. M-A-C-A, maca, or I would say maca, is the most common vegetable among the top-selling men's he- supplements. And 
it has been associated with increased sexual behavior in animals, but not in humans. And there have been rare cases of toxicity reported and a mild increase in liver enzymes and blood pressure have been reported. So if your liver enzymes, your LFTs, your liver function tests are out, your doctor wants to know if you're taking MACA. I'm telling you. So we just be very careful with what you take. Yohimbine is another well-established product. It may improve sexual function, but it may also cause high blood pressure, hypertension, headache, agitation, insomnia, and sweating. And zinc appears to be safe, but no benefit to that at all. So these are some of the most common men's sexual health supplements. They are expensive. They cost between a dollar and six dollars a day. They can cost even more now uh, with the lower Canadian dollar. So you know, it's not necessarily, I hear patients, they're spending six, $700 on these products and they're not working. And I say, if something isn't working, don't take it. If you're having some side effects of anything I mentioned tonight, take a look at some of those supplements you're taking. You may find your answer. When I return, the transcendental Tantra goddess joins me. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Okay, that's Alison Krauss. I'm Maureen McGrath. She has an amazing voice. Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We're going to get to orgasms very shortly. I don't want to forget to mention, uh, you know, lady gardening. Is it in? Is it out? It seems to be on its way out. But there are still some ways you can design your vagina down there. Uh, There's lots of different styles where some women are ditching these styles and letting things grow out, but it's nice to have a little design. So you've all heard of the landing strip. You might want to try that. You may want to try the postage stamp. My Bear Lady, the martini is a nice design. Of course, you can picture that. We're using our minds. We're using our brains. Heart attack. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, (laughs) The mohawk, not my favorite. And the Bermuda Triangle, the upside-down martini, in other words. Anyway, you might want to, this may increase sexual desire. This may increase the fun, the pleasure. You may want to design your own together with your lover. Might be kind of fun. Anyway, it's back in vogue thanks to Hollywood A-listeners happily admitting that they're proud to let their pubes grow wild and fancy-free and trim them in the way they want to be. So a lot of women are back to rocking the 70s vibe down there, and that's okay, but you can choose your design. You can let it grow. It is up to you. So that may help with experiencing an orgasm. It may, it may not. And so if it doesn't, you might need to take the next step. And that's why I've invited Sharon, the transcendental Tantra goddess on, and she's on the line. Hello, Sharon. Hi there. How are you? Oh, just amazing. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm incredible. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how could I not possibly be? Anyway, life is good. Um, So, Sharon, you know that it's important. We've we've chatted on LinkedIn back and forth. You know how you've seen my posts. I get really incensed when uh, women or men or whomever give the message that experiencing orgasm is not important for women. And you... Uh, mentioned that women can may experience orgasm through the brain, through the mind, through the work that you do. Uh, rejuvenate orgasm, I believe, is what you call rejuvagasm. it. Rejuvenate orgasm, breathing, 
rejuvenation in, into euphoria. Well, see, the thing is, is that due to the fact that in Western civilization, we're just so crude, <laughs> but we have like brat dolls for our four-year-olds. Um, we're so crude or prude? I'm sorry. Prude. Pete. Prude. We seem to, yeah. like with We're prudes. We seem to be very unhealthily obsessed with sex. So it's to where we can have Burger King commercials that have girls, you know, that are in slinky bathing suits with uh, sauce dripping down their breasts. And it's totally like a, a sexual, you know, very like a, a, a commercial that has a lot of sexual energy to it. And rejuvogasm was the name that came to me when it comes to breathing yourself into an orgasm and what it is that I do uh, when I fasted for two months. However, uh, due to the fact that people are so... Fasted from, fasted from experiencing orgasm, fasted from Burger King. What did you fast from? I'm I, sorry, food? I fasted, <laughs> I fasted from food, from like everything but water. Oh. And I was just on, yeah, for two months. Okay. A lot of things like happened that triggered this experience. And after it happened, I was like, huh, that was interesting. (laughs) What just happened to me? And I read and discovered that a person, the length of a person's past is dependent upon their emotional condition. So apparently the trauma that I endured during my life, I needed to let go as well. However, rejuvagasm is going to be literally breathing yourself into an orgasm. And how do we do that? How do we do that? It's, it's Well, the easiest way to do that is going to be with heat, with meditation, with like concentration, like conscious attention upon the breath for a prolonged period of time. And when you get good at it, you only need like 20 minutes as long as you've got heat involved in that. Uh, what Where I does found, the heat go? The heat? Yes. Did you say um, heat? The heat, like, is in my office was always, like, between 90 degrees and 100 degrees. Okay. And so the room has to be really warm. Yeah, the room needs to be warm or, like, you know, in a steam sauna. I do, like, my best breathing myself into an orgasm in the jacuzzi and the steam at the gym. (laughs) Because it's not... Okay. (laughs) Okay, so this is the other thing. I know there's just so much when it comes to orgasm. So when I say the word orgasm... People think of physiologically, you know, releasing when we come. Am I allowed to say that on air? Well, you just Um, did and nobody has said anything. Bleep. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So basically, when we think of orgasm, we think that it is only an experience that a person can have when they are being physical with themselves, uh, with masturbatory aids, or with another person. We never actually think to go beyond, uh, which Tantra is, you know, a system that I use and practice, beyond just the genitals when it comes to sexual energy and orgasm. Now, in the 1950s, Buddhist monks and medical scientists were attempting to show humanity exactly what it is that I figured out and what's been around for aeons. It's just, you know, here in Western civilization, we're in such a hurry that we need this experience like now, not to mention we're hedons. We want instant gratification. We don't want to sit on a rock next to a river for eight hours in order to experience what the Buddhist monks and the medical scientists proved to be real back in the 50s. So when I combine massage with transcendental tantric meditation and chakra energy balance, it allows the person to experience 
without any kind of genital stimulation, except for the own person's breathing, their own mental capacity of what turns them on sensually, they're able to unlock the other energy centers that human beings have, the other vortexes of energy other than just the genitals, and they experience the actual full-body tantric orgasm. And it's the release of the other six chakras. So you, you're familiar with Tantra, right? Yes. Okay, so in Tantra, we have seven major vortexes of energy. Humanity has basically been taught one release, the genitals. So even when we say release, people are like, ew, gross, or they judge it subjectively. They don't even think that, well, we got six other energy centers that are being neglected. So we wonder why people are still so hung up in an unhealthy, obsessive manner when it comes to sexuality or the experiences that have to do with sexual energy or when it has to do with tension, period, because each of these chakras, these energy vortexes, are representing aspects of a person's personality, their stance in life, the bigger picture, the smaller picture. So I don't care who the person is. There's only so much that the sex and that release or the masturbatory aids and that release is going to give a person. If we're not able to take that sexual energy, that chi chain, and then that life force energy, that chi, and then take and channel it up, unlock the other chakras, allow for the release of the energy of the other chakras, which is going to be the experiences of euphoria, lightheaded dizziness, sporadic warmth and numbness of the limbs, head-to-toe body tingles, out-of-body experiences, epiphanies, hysterical laughter. These are just some of the side effects that are, you know, a part of a person's orgasm. And that's so much more profound and epic than just releasing physiologically for either a female or a male. It sounds like great competition for the womanizer. No, that's, anyway, that's the good night. I love you, vibrator. Um, this is so interesting. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, we're running. Uh, we're we're running out of time for the show. But I would love to have you back, so that to give some further instruction. Maybe we'll do a bit of a series on full body. Uh, chakra release and uh, experience of orgasm. This sounds very exciting to me, Sharon. Thank you so much. What's your website? It is Aeon, A-E-O-N, healthandrelaxation.com. And, and like, another thing, being able to, like, breathe ourselves into an orgasm when we're sitting in traffic for an hour, for an hour and a half. Now, there's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's a darn good idea. <laughs> I learned about that in L.A. I was like, yeah, everybody's pissed off. I roll my windows up, turn my heater on, put my favorite music on. By the time I get to my destination, I'm tingling head to toe, and I'm, like, happy that I just got done sitting in traffic. And nobody's <laughs> going to give you a ticket for that. Thank you so much, Sharon. That's fantastic Absolutely. information. That was Have Sharon. a wonderful evening. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you for oh, having me on Oh, show. thank you so much. It was an honor to have you here. Uh, that was uh, Sharon. She's the Transcendental Tantra Sex God. No, Transcendental Tantra Goddess. I'm Maureen McGrath. We're going to go to break. I'm going to come back. We're going to wrap this baby up. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. And uh, unfortunately, we've run out of a bit of time, but I'm going to tweet to you 
uh, some information about bisexuality being on the rise and also some more information about that chair position at the University of Victoria and why that's important. Some of the trends that stood out in that. Maybe we'll delve into that as well again next week. But in the meantime, go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter at back, the number two, the bedroom. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. You have been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.